Okay, thanks so much for joining us. Today we have with us Paulo Kami from Ko'oloha Ukulele. Thank you, Paul, yeah, for coming thanks, up thanks here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Traffic yeah. was wonderful today, by the way, in case anybody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Only for people in Hawaii. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? Yeah. Maybe you should get a metro train line. Yeah, yeah just like that. Oh. You guys... Somebody like else Oprah, had the same uh, idea. You guys Hi- get a metro system? You guys get a Hire some Japanese I wish, people I wish it was like that. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a Were couple years, Paul. Be like, yo, take the rail up. <laughs> That's another controversial topic that we can talk about. The rail. The Let's rail. No. We got more fun things to talk about than that. Uh, we have a new black label from you. Tell us a little bit more about this instrument. Uh, so this one's actually part of a, a pair that we built. Um, so uh, this is one of our freestyle builds. Uh, freestyle meaning that uh, Grizz and I, Grizz actually heads our customs department um, and leads leads us in the customs team. And um, anyway, so the freestyle builds are ukulele that we build. There aren't for a specific customer in mind, and they're not a commission build where um, you know an artist, a, a customer will come in and request certain options. So, so also known as I build what I like. It is. It is literally I do what I like. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For those in the mainland, um, I will exercise my own options. <laughs> so was that was that pretty good? As I please. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But, um, so this one's called the Sun, um, and it's got a setting sun inlay. So um, sun sets what rises in the east, sets in the west, right? So assuming that the headstock is north, it's actually setting like how the sun would set. Um, the moon, unfortunately, we don't have, but the moon actually travels the opposite way. Uh, so the moon, actually the phases of the moon and the other one goes the opposite way. So um, we tend to build them in pairs, sometimes triplets, depending on um, you know what we're feeling. But um, yeah, whenever we do a freestyle build, we try to give at least a little bit of thought to the, the overall theme and concept behind it. And you know, rather than just stick something on it because it's cool, um, you know, it, it not necessarily like a real deep meaning, but um, we like to have some kind of significance to what we're doing. So, where do you pull inspiration for those type of things? The ether. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, you oh, know, uh, it's it's, it's kind of funny. The um, so the whole thought process and and the the inspiration and the conceptualization of everything um, sometimes actually takes us the longest. And Grizz and I will actually sit and. You know, we'll, we'll start talking about honeybees and we'll end up, um, I think you guys got the honeycomb, right? The, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, so you guys got the honeycomb. And I mean, originally that started because I, I, I'm weird. I like bees, right? And I want to raise bees, you know, keep bees. But I don't because there's an elementary school behind my house. And yeah, it's kind of, I don't want any kids to get stung or whatever. But anyway, so I was telling Grace, you know, why don't we do like a, like a honeybee? thing he's like that's super stupid <laughs> <laughs> and i mean but that's how the conversation gets started um, guess what it sold yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so well, no, what we like settled on you know was in like honeycomb. 10 seconds yeah so yeah we got a protect beast because it's an endangered species yeah. now yeah. there you go mm-hmm. head of koaloha customs department bringing and honey awareness. is delicious right huh honey is delicious well i don't right. use honey actually oh, well I mean, you can take our word for it. Honey is delicious. Honey is delicious. <laughs> but when the, they say spit. if the bees die out, then we die we'll out. eventually die out. Oh, right? it's so an endangered species. There was more of a deeper 
meaning with that? Is it with the honeycomb, right? on. there was probably not. Synth. There was synth. <laughs> <laughs> telling Mary Face, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Go along with it, Paul. No. <laughs> like, and the, yeah, absolutely. This. Yeah, same piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And and how how did you come up with the idea for the sun faces thing? Oh, you know, life. I mean, am I supposed to have a deeper answer? <laughs> See, <laughs> no, I don't know, really. <laughs> no, no, um, so you know, one morning, life, no, so, I, mean, I woke up and I saw the rises. sun. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so beautiful that I just, I had to stop. I, I took a picture. It didn't come out so good because you can't photograph the sun. But um, No, no. Um, and you're so like, the I have sun to go to work now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these two, we just, we, we've been doing a lot of... Um, we like to take inspiration from nature a lot, you know, because of, oftentimes nature is, is perfect. And even in its imperfections, nature is always balanced, right? And so, um, you know, like the, the bees and the honeycomb one that we did, um, you know, you, you find that nature is often very simple, but there's a lot of depth to, to what exists around us, you know, but not a lot of us take the time to, um, you know, I, I did joke about it, but I mean, who, who wakes up and looks at the sky and says, oh, today is a beautiful day, right? I mean, for the most part, we wake up, we're like, oh, crap, got to go to work, right? <laughs> or, like, I'm late, or I got to drop the kids off, you know? And um, it's, it's, it's very easy to kind of just lose sight of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, when we do try to figure out the theme for our next build, um, a large part of it is we look to nature for inspiration. And, I mean, sure. sun and moon are pretty... I mean, no, but that's stars, part of you know? being here. And if you, you know, get beyond the stresses of the day or whatever, I mean, there's an awe-inspiring yeah. visual to the nature around us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you guys definitely do all kinds of different themes that reflect Hawaii's beauty. Yeah. But tell us, like, with the black label, how it differs structurally or yeah. any any differences from the regular, um, like, say, a KTMOO. Yep, so the, the f- interesting thing is that they're probably more similar than they are different. Um, so, you know, building and, and structurally and bracing, I mean, they're probably 90% the same. And, you know, it's the 10% that we brace a little different. Um, and it's really more the fine tuning, the hand selection of the parts that go into it, where, you know, we're not just grabbing stuff out of our, our pre prep mm. faces and backs and mm. bracings, where um, I, I think the term is like tuning the bracing or something. I don't. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't actually know a lot of the technical terms and for, the for building. And the material of the bracing too? It's core. Cool. Uh, yeah, so, um, so cool. yeah, what I actually do is when I mill, um, so normally I'm, I'm on the shop floor and I mill everything for, for our production, uh, but I also set aside wood for our customs. So um, I actually select special a special type of core that's kind of even grain, mm, um, kind of on the softer to medium to soft side, but I got to make sure that the grain's really nice and straight, even, um, and that way, you know, it stays stable. Um, it adds a lot of strength to the bracing, but doesn't add a lot of weight. So um, mm. whenever I get a piece like that, I mark it, set it on the side, and later on, I'll, I'll mill it into the bracings for our, specifically for our customs. Right. Yeah. So Because um, the standard line... We don't, we don't care. We just bang them on this. No, 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 no. For the brace material. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So in, in, the, in the, the standard production line, I mean, the idea is still to... You know, maintain a certain level of consistency, but we can be a little bit looser with, um, you know, the, the the variance in in how we select, you know, our tops, our backs, our sides, our bracing, etc. Right, but you're not yeah. using koa for bracing. Oh no no no, so yeah. um sapele. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. sapele mahogany. Yeah. Wait, so w- what difference does does it make to you? 
the the co-op racing versus the sapelli? Ah, uh, so the sapelli is a, a harder. It's a denser wood than than than. I don't want to say co-op period. So than most co-op because co-op, you know, you can have a piece of co-op that's like almost as soft as um something like pine. You know, so the softest oh, really? cause wow. you'll you'll actually be able to scratch with your fingernail and what? leave a dent. Wow! Yeah, that's and cool. on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can have core that's almost as hard as a rosewood. Like rosewood. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's what's really neat is core comes in. You know, so not only the densities but the grain patterns as well as the color. Yeah. Um. So the variations in core, it's um, it's like people. We come in <laughs> different shapes and colors, but no, really, like you know, it's it's. Or like dogs, you know, because you can have a chihuahua and you can have like a mastiff, right? And genetically, they're practically identical, you know. And within this single species, you have that much variance. So koa is one of the few trees um, in the world that's that different. That's cool. A majority of the koa is kind of more towards the middle, you mm-hmm. know. But um, anyway, so the, the the difference is that um, when I pick that softer koa, it's just to me it it resonates more, mm-hmm. and it, it has it, you know, it's everything. For the most part, everything is core if it's a core build, and I just, I, I prefer it over other woods. Mm. Um, mahogany I also like because mahogany is very consistent, uh, so true mahogany. But um, yeah, I, I've I've found that I think it's more a personal thing that mm. I like it. Yeah. So koa would be your choice for um, like ultimate customs. I mean, obviously, koa has been <clears throat> good to you guys, and you guys have built your sound around you know koa aloha, right? But, um, like, I mean, you've experimented with tons of woods now, mm-hmm. like redwoods and, you know, different exotic hardwoods for the back and sides. You'd still go with an alcoa? I, I don't want to say yes because it's my personal preference. And, no, but there's um, wrong with preference. that. Yeah, yeah, well, so, I mean, short answer, yes. Um, like, my personal favorite is koa. Um, and I mean, I, if you can get the same tonal qualities yeah. from... Yeah. If, if a koa can be as dense as rosewood but be as soft as a spruce it's like you can just go with koa if you find the right pretty yeah pretty 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 much you would you could achieve a spruce rosewood kind of sound spruce-esque you have to dash (laughs) e-s-q-u-e-s yeah but most of it that you're using is going to be in that middle range i mean yeah for the most part yeah it's it's yeah but it does have that sound you know i mean it seems like a perfect balance like you'll get maybe more from certain softwood tops and yep. stuff, but I guess it becomes just a personal preference at some point. I th- so, in, I mean, so in my, my, you know, building experience, um, that's what I like about core, where it's, it's very versatile. It's very kind of middle of the road where you know, it's not too bright and barky, but neither is it too deep and, and too boomy and sustainy. Um, you know, and it, it really, it can kind of play any style um, and any type of music that you want to play where it's not gonna um you know it's not gonna sound bad at any type of music um i guess the con you could say is that it's not the best at one certain thing you know Mm. but the balance is that it's just really versatile and then you know when you get into different softwood tops and hardwood sides and back you you can definitely bring out like a lot more um nuances in, in certain types of tones or responses that you want which um like spruce has just got like a great attack, great response, great articulation. Um, you know, cedar is warm. Redwood is just kind of in between depending on the piece that you get, you know. So um, it, it really depends on the person. Me personally, though, I cause been my favorite since we started building. So, nice. yeah. 
<laughs> it's also the it's world's cool. favorite. It's like when... the jack of all trades. It is, yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. It's getting more expensive. It, yeah, yeah, every year. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> making it harder to, to love. Get your own plot of land. <laughs> you know, six Form. or seven acres of wood. Yeah. The... I mean, I ideally might. So I, my my dream is to um, finally win the Mega Bucks in Vegas. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. Um, Me too. Kinda, I'm kind of counting on it. But yeah, I mean, seriously though, if if you know, had I come into like a fortune, and I mean, I would definitely buy a plot of land ranch land and uh, probably more than one and you know I, I wouldn't see it in my lifetime and would you buy out Cunilia for the right oh, for the right <laughs> for the right price <laughs> edit um point of view they work hard to produce no but they overproduce though they produce more than they need it's just like yeah somebody comes in and just takes all the honey yeah if you're like exploiting and then they eat it and then you replace it with sugar water without antibiotics and (laughs) i I heard the bees are happy when when we take their honey because they're they're very giving creatures it's like yeah. And the Hawaiians are and happy. The, and then you cut out the base <laughs> of, the, right. of well. the queen so it can't fly away. Okay. Yeah, the Hawaiians. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh the isn't yeah, happy. Really yeah. happy. Yeah. <laughs> are you calling me Xi Jinping? Or? No, I'm just... Before we go into the brown skin people problem. <laughs> oh no, tangent again. You're just, again. just not a roll. <laughs> I mean... So how do you embrace the... <laughs> Yeah, actually, <laughs> oh. talking about that, you, you, you brushed over it, but they are different. Yeah, they know? are different. The blacks. Are you can hear the oh, blacks. Oh. oh my God, Corey, what have you done to me? <laughs> I didn't say the black label I didn't ukulele. Say Jeez, Corey, putting words in my mouth. Um, no, and so is it yeah, sorry, is I, different I, I, shape. I to, um, is a, there is different. Yes, you I know, didn't get yeah. to finish. Um, I, somehow we started talking about bees. That was yeah, my fault. again, but anyway. Um, 
three yeah so that that 10 percent of difference in in so the body shape is different for most of them uh so this is our our uh, custom body shape and it's basically a concert geometry that's blown up to a tenor scale oh so i did, i just realized so, it doesn't and it's also round flat. yeah yeah oh yeah so we round the bottoms um the backs of these are rounded as well um from time to time we do use a radius dish but more often than not even um, the shoulders are rounded a little more it doesn't yeah. ever get flat at the top a little more yeah a little more rounded than our production was, stuff yeah. yeah and cory mentioned before that the scale length is just no i didn't i didn't see anything about the scale but it's a little bit longer. Okay, so today's today's pigeon lesson for the listeners and viewers out there will be um talking bubbles, and that's when you aren't making sense, and that's what Corey is. That's that's talking bubbles. So. <laughs> no, but talking about the scale length. Uh, scale length. The scale length is a li- it's a little bit longer than seventeen bubbles. inches, right? Oh, all of all of our stuff though. See. Yeah. Uh, but how come that? Uh, um. Okay. So when we when we calculate our scale length, uh, so my dad actually built. Uh, two generations of uh, fret saw. Uh, fret, so basically, it, it gang cuts or it, it stack cuts all of the frets at one time or all of the mm-hmm. fret um, slots at one time. So um, we get the, the original machine, Dad actually hand cut and hand ground by wow. hand on like 2000 grit sandpaper, um, cool. each spacer by hand. Um, the blades wow. we had specially machined. Second generation, we sh- I actually had um, the same company that makes our blades machine the spacers for us. But um, so that the added scale length is is our own compensation based on trial and error. Mm-hmm. So when you plug, so there's a formula. It's it's actually an archaic formula, and it's a tempered scale for uh, guitars, ukulele, basses, and I mean people have been using it since they they figured it out, and everybody else has been using it because it's kind of like the best average that kind of works across yeah, you know do many you feel string, it has instruments. Like more like accurate intonation and stuff. Our ukulele? No, just the or, the scale length because no, it's not like a standard. 17 inch scale length it's a little bit longer i mean you um, can have accurate intonation at any scale length, yeah i mean well so ours is supposed to be so mathematically it should be 17 inches precisely um but it's not because when we tested you know mm. so we tested our, our our new saw and we're like okay some of these notes are off so basically what we did is we overshot and mm-hmm. okay so now these you know these notes are um flat wait yeah they're flat yeah so oh, okay, um, and then basically what we did is we kind of took a medium and we just exactly yeah because the oh. fret saw is is set right and we can't we can't add or detract oh we can but it's super pain in the butt to <laughs> to to modify the saw so what we did is we altered our scale length to compensate for the real world yeah and That's so cool. it That's was cool. just because you didn't want to fix it no so <laughs> the, no 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 so the, the funny thing is so. If you tried to work backwards, because I actually tried it one time and it didn't work. I tried working backwards is, uh, a lot of times yeah, and it never just, worked. Yeah. So, um, so I actually based one set of spacers on a pre-calculated adjusted length, assuming that the actual real-world scale length could actually be at the calculated mathematical values, and it didn't work, and we had to adjust it anyway. So <laughs> that's, that's cool. <laughs> Hmm. It adds a little bit of, you know, I mean, you get a tiny bit more scale, which gives you... Yeah, yeah like a f- <coughs> fraction more yeah, tension I mean, and, yeah. But, yeah, a little bit more tension, maybe a little bit more Better punch. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. the more tension was a little bit more of the volume, I guess. So, yep. I mean, so was it on purpose or was it... 
Oh no, man! It wasn't. It, wasn't. <laughs> it was I, meant to be. I, yeah, I'd like. Yeah, there you go. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was with purpose, not on purpose. Ah, <laughs> so, gem of the day. Gem of the day. There we go. With purpose. Wow, just blew my mind. wise one. <laughs> very wise. On Yoda. purpose for the universe. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I noticed, I noticed with this one, like the neck is slightly thinner too. Oh yeah. And yeah, like the the KTM OO. Yep. And the OPO. Was that just something you guys do with the black labels, or just this one in particular? Generally, like, yeah. was that feedback from customers, or I feel Can like I? It, it's. It's gotten. Thin. It wasn't you, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, it, it's based on feedback from from players, customers. Um, the thing is, not everybody's gonna like the thinner neck because it's got like a fast action. But um, mm. some people don't like it because they don't. They some it's you know every, to each their own. Some people like that hefty like yeah. tank mm-hmm. neck, Bulky neck yeah. you know. And um, usually like bass players, um, mm. especially oh, upright yeah. bass guys, they yeah. actually. They're one of the few people that request like a really thick neck and super mm. high action. And it's just, it's super weird, but it's because they're used to pulling mm. strings on a bass, you know, but mm. most ukulele guitar, especially like electric players prefer a neck like this. I feel like those people would be like, wait, this is too easy to play. Hmm. I need the action higher. <laughs> oh yeah, bass guys. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Yeah. I'm used to the playing. I broke know. another string. <laughs> Well, that's the guy that always used to come in and ask it at like four and a half. Like, can you keep? Can you keep raising it? A little high. Like how high little can high? you go? <laughs> the blank doesn't go that high, man. I can't make a taller one. For you guys that that played the um, black label here with the um, regular koloha, like what are some of the differences that you heard? It's much more balanced, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. definitely. It's yeah. way sensitive, more sensitive than the other two. Like there's, it's almost like you know on, on the piano if you hit the sustain pedal, and you play a whole song unless you like purposely stop the sustain, that would be this ukulele. It just like keeps ringing like a bell.
the overall balance was better on the black label. Mm. Yeah, for for me, there. I mean, it's like different shades of good, but it the voice was just mm. really fine tuned. Yeah, very mm. delicate. Yeah, like you didn't have to try hard to make it sound good. It's just like it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, people who talk too that sounds loud, good already, <laughs> right? People who are just naturally loud, and then yeah. The, the well-spoken people like the are. compressed mm. voice versus hey, that's the actually that's a that's elegant. a gem that's a good one. Oh wow i thought that was the worst it's idea like you fire enough, <laughs> fire enough shots one of them is gonna hit so all they... <laughs> oh, that's, that's, you figured heard. out my style yeah. that's how you do it so but you you beyond the customs like this you know you're running the production over there still yet right yep yep so um yeah so i mean i i actually it's it's kind of funny because i'm um well, so my brother got to be the president of the company because he's the older brother, and so. You <laughs> so know, by, if you had de- the if you had the choice. By default, if I was born earlier, I mean I would be that guy, but you know I'm I wasn't, so I'm not. No, no. Um, but yeah, so my brother is the the head of. Welcome our company. to my world. Yeah. <laughs> um, mom and dad are still there, and then they're the owners, of course. Um, but you know, company wise, uh, so my brother's the boss, and I guess I'm like the the not the almost boss guy or whatever. <laughs> But, no, um, but you're running the production. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you're so building. I, I, so. I prefer to be on on the floor, getting dirty. I mean, yeah. physically working. You know, I, it's just it's my thing. And um, you know, converse is you need somebody to do that admin, and, and they're both yeah. jobs that need to be done. But I, I prefer to be there, running the shop, making sure everything goes smoothly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm also the guy that everybody calls when they break something, be it a machine, a jig, an ukulele, um, and arm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually our safety officer. So oh, yes, oh, wow. Yes, yeah, I wear many hats. You, Corey, you many, carry many, 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 many hats. Yeah. What's many, your many favorite roles. part of, uh, like, of a build? Is there a certain part that you like the most? Um, it's kind of funny because I, I guess because I'm, so physically, you know, aside from from making sure that the shop is running, um, I actually still mill all of our lumber in house for so for all of our tops backs and you know any other parts that we need so i i actually take care of it um because there's a there's a balance between the art and the science of mm. of doing it where you know to do it on a production scale i mean for one you got to be able to do it quickly um you also have to be able to make decisions on the fly where i mean i'm going to use this piece or i'm not you know you can't spend half an hour looking at one mm. board of coal or ebony and be like well i think if i kind of cut around this guy maybe you know i mean so um, so you, you have to be quick and decisive, but you also kind of have to really, really know your stuff as far as the lumber goes. So um, that selection is a crucial it, part. It is, it yeah. is. And I've, I've always loved it. So it's, it's kind of funny where, mm. you know, while I'm absolutely capable from block of wood to finished instrument, you would think my greatest joy, my, my fu- best part would be the setup and playing mm. it, right? But I actually like doing all the prep work. I like mm. getting all the parts ready. Um, Cause I don't like to stop working and then have to make a part, so I will take like as long as it takes me to get every piece, every component ready, and then from there, then I'll. But mm. until then, like I just I feel like. Eh, but yeah, like it's almost like you're setting the shop up to make sure everything goes as well as yeah. possible when you're doing that first selection of. Sounds like a cooking. Kind of, yeah, I, I I cook that way too. <laughs> yeah, mm. me too. I get I get pretty nuts if like. So if I got yeah. a, if I didn't chop enough garlic, the ginger. Yeah, right. 
Let's take it back and, and get a little more of the backstory <coughs> as to how you started with this work. Oh, okay. How did, how did Koaloha come about and you decide to do this for life? Um, so you, weren't my, you the first to, to build the ukuleles? Was that you? Or? Let no, that the man dad. talk. Yeah. It was your dad yeah, or, yeah. and then you kind of followed along with it? Uh, I was just born with this natural ability. Like, I, I think it's like my mutant power. Mm. And <laughs> you were built with that. The, you were born with a... Yeah, I was like, what that the ex- crap? I can build a collab. No, no. Um, just put so on when you were born into the Tsukami <laughs> dynasty. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so dad's actually a musician um, by, by trade and by school and by, by passion. Uh, and he actually wanted to uh, become a band director. Um, but then he met mom in college. They got married, had my brother, and then he didn't finish college. Um, but dad stayed in music, so he actually used to play in the 60s and the 70s. He was the bassist and singer for uh, Ota-san's band in Waikiki. Oh. Um, so dad was, wow. was, yeah, so he actually played, um, you know, with, I, I call him Uncle Herb. Um, and uh, after that, he went into the Royal Hawaiian Band as the uh, oboist. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, he just went through some stuff where he kind of didn't want to be in music anymore. So uh, literally, like, dad was like, I'm not going to play the oboe and I'm not going to sing in Waikiki anymore. And I'm going to fabricate. when you become a dad. Yeah, well, he already <laughs> was a dad. That's, that's kind of the thing. Um, and so he uh, decided, so I was, I was three at the time. Uh, and I remember he used to teach oboe lessons at the house. Um, and that, was, that was, you know, one of the memories I have when I was that little. But anyway... He decided he was going to uh, start fabricating things out of acrylic, so plexiglass, lucite. Um, and so dad did that until 1994-95. And then dad was like, well, now I'm going to make ukulele because that's just how he is. So, um, you know, rather than a you know a normal person would make a normal size ukulele, <laughs> um, dad decided I'm going to make this little five-inch ukulele. And it's going to be fully playable and the frets will be, you know, to scale. And, oh, wait, they don't make tuners for, you know, little mini ukulele. So I'll just make my own tuners and teach myself how to machine jewelry parts. So um, that's actually how Koaloha got started um, with dad. And uh, it was right about that time I graduated from high school. And my brother was with dad since the acrylic days. Uh, So I was going to UH part-time, actually full-time. And then in between classes, I would drive back to the shop. I would work. I would go back for my classes and I would go back to work and it just got really grueling and I was only going to college because mom wanted me to go to college and I I, I didn't want to go to college. So sounds very um very I'm a Japanese. Good, yeah, I'm a good Asian <laughs> son. Yes, that's how we do. Um so uh after my third semester I, I pretty much I registered and I didn't even pay and, and, and buy my books. I just I just didn't go. Um, so I talked to my brother and my dad, and I, I told them if we... So at the time, we were still doing the acrylic and the ukulele, both simultaneously in the same shop. So, Still um, the mini? Still, uh, at, 
No, at that time, we were doing the regular size ukulele. Yeah. So dad had started to do the regular size ukulele. So um, I talked to the both of them, and I told them, if, if we do just ukulele, like I'll leave school. You know, Mom's not going to be happy, but I'll, I'll join the company full time. And um, I did. And from there, it was uh, kind of interesting because it, it wasn't... You know, I didn't grow up wanting to become an ukulele builder. I didn't grow up wanting to work with wood. Um, actually, really, had I stayed in school, I, I probably would have gone into um, like biology and maybe a field of medicine because I've always enjoyed that. So, uh, but I also didn't want to go to more school. You know, so it kind of worked out for me. Um, and just through building and and you know pursuing and and honing my my craft, I fell in love with building ukulele and working with wood. Um, where, you know, it's it's the same job technically every day, but I mean each piece of wood is different. You know, especially again, core. Um, you know, and, and any wood is different. So it's you know while I'm doing the same thing relatively every day, it's just it's it's pretty cool because each wood is different, and you know I I get to look at it, and I mean at this point I pretty much I can look and touch at you know look at and touch a piece of wood, and I can pretty much have a very good idea of how it's going to sound how it's going to react so um, just watching it kind of go through that process through the shop and you know all of the hands that touch it and, and create the final product and um, just to see it duplicated which is maybe like our third or fourth generation of guys at this point where you know dad taught my brother and I we taught our guys who taught the guys who taught our guys who build the ukulele now so is that five generations I lost count, but so if you if you had decided to stick with school, Koaloha wouldn't have ah uh, come to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Koaloha probably still would have happened and been around, but it would have been, been as great. very different. You know? <laughs> yeah, very different. Were you trying to advocate for yeah. dropping out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, pursue your passion. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like most of us didn't know what path we were going to take until we're on that way and then like you know i really enjoy these aspects of this and yeah it's kind of like life in general it's like you never know where you're gonna it's like a box of chocolates (laughs) you never know what you're gonna get (laughs) but you know when you grab a piece of coal (laughs) yeah took 20 years but you (laughs) can just smell it now and know you bite into a monopole you never know what you're gonna get also true how much experimentation or like um i mean you guys have a really unique bracing system with your unibrace and stuff but i know you in the especially in the black labels and stuff just try different bracings and different shapes and different things how do you um how do you mix that in and and you know because obviously you can't run a production trying different things but is there things that you kind of discover with the black labels that you want to maybe implement in the regular line or do you feel like the regular line is just perfect as kind of is? Like, it's kind of like your avenue for like your freedom in, in building. Well, you can experiment, yeah. right? Well, when, yeah. when you work for your family, um, you're never truly free. <laughs> uh, so that's why you have the black yeah, no, no. Um It doesn't have to be it's, your family. It's, it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of interesting. It actually kind of goes both ways where um, in the early days when, you know, before we did any um, custom work and um, 
so I actually started our, our customs and um, you know so when we started we would do special orders and we would customize ukulele but we didn't truly build like from the ground up you know select every piece of wood you know every bracing fine-tune everything um, in that sense we didn't build customs for it was a while it was a few years into building ukulele um, but anyway was it more of like the just the demand of ukulele you just wanted to like you guys were kind of like established as like the the other you know yeah like and, and, and so people so are like we we actually did yeah and so we we didn't really need to build customs and um on, honestly at that time my mindset was to bang out as many of the most consistent great sounding ukulele that we could you know and for me mm -hmm. it, it i didn't feel there was a need to have to build something that looked better or um not necessarily sounded better, but I, I think for us it was more the aesthetics. Refining the process, yeah. though. Yeah. So, and with I the aim of, people, of consistency. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people consider Koloha being one of the best sounding and consistent instruments. You, you know, can, from from yeah. one to the mm -hmm. next, you can count on that sound. Mm -hmm. It's the uh, honeybees. That, yeah. It's the honeybees. Yeah. <laughs> That's the secret. Because they pollinate the, the acacia, which is the koa, and. Anyway, so yeah, so what's kind of interesting is as far as a lot of the things that allow us to experiment with the black labels and you know thicknesses, bracing, I mean size, position of the sound hole, um, we actually learned what influences what through the course of fine tuning our production instruments because you know you do something. I think many cultures have this saying where like you repeat something like a ten thousand times and you have gained mastery of it. It's yeah, different it's like martial arts. Bruce Lee is like he was you know so, but yeah so a lot of the experimentation and learning what part affects what and how they work together came through experimenting with our production line and when we finally did start building customs it was kind of cool because i had a really great idea of what we can fine tune um you know how do we squeeze more tone how do we squeeze more volume how do we squeeze more response out of you know what's pretty much an already finished and, and for the most part fine-tuned product um and from there when we build the customs you know we'll try different things here and there um Sometimes it'll be purely aesthetic. Sometimes it'll be for um, longevity of the instrument. And of course, tone and, and sound is something that we, we always look to improve on. So um, yeah, there's definitely things that um, I look at from the customs and try to see, you know, can we apply this um, to our production line? You know, and, and, and is this something that can be repeatable and it doesn't have to be someone, you know, it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be Grizz that, that performs this operation or this job to to effectively get that ukulele to sound like that so they, they kind of go hand in hand and it's, it's, it's pretty 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 interesting how they, they really overlap and intertwine more than you know people a lot of people think well production is production bang them out and customs are you know you work on one at a time and absolutely true but just kind of they, the innovative part of yeah color yeah so they, they, they absolutely they complement yeah. each so other so your custom is r&d and then whatever mm. you can figure out that you aren't the variable you can mm. recreate exactly. yeah that's cool so was there anything in particular with this ukulele in that you learned something about building it um <laughs> Sorry. Go Deep with, questions. Like, like I said, it was like, like I said, I build what I like. Yeah, this is not, not really. I mean, because this one's a pretty basic one. Mm. Um, oh, I did. 
no, not learned, but remembered that. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, like perfect circles are super hard to cut by hand. <laughs> uh, so all of our inlays are hand cut. We, we, wow. don't, uh, we, we do work with a company called ProWorks. Mm, uh, they're based in Maryland. And for any type of repetitive jobs, uh, so like our, our logo inlays and our rosettes, um, so those we contract out to them. Um, and they provide us with the pro parts pre-cut. But uh, for custom work, you know, they, we cut everything by hand. So um, anytime you see, like, um, I don't know if you folks all got to see the, the Leo Mano, the shark one that we did. But I was not. Yeah, yeah like all one million plus of those shark teeth were cut and engraved by hand. One million? Um, it was maybe a little less. <laughs> give it take, give or take about a million. Nine hundred. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still yeah. a lot of thousands. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, for um, watchers, it's, uh, it's on our YouTube channel. Maybe that's when like we went to visit, right? Yep. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Tour. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah. that one we actually designed uh, three different shark teeth based off of actual shark teeth that we happen to have lying around because Koaloha, we just we start you just happen to have shark teeth, shark shark teeth lying around. Yeah, we just that's you know you never Ooh, know. We were just talking them. about a shark. Um, What's the weapon shark, called? The Hawaiian shark 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 What's it called? Leomano. That's the. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. So lay. I remember now. Cory, it's the lay of the mano, the shark. So you you kill a shark with shark teeth? Is that what the ancient Hawaiians would do? No. So the teeth were used as um because they didn't have metal, right? So and they didn't have serrated. Right, it was a weapon, right? Yeah. So, um, but would they kill shark with that? I think no. they just killed. They know. just killed each other. Yeah, I think each other. I think each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they might hang out the canoe. <laughs> and walk. I think it works for anything you're trying to kill. Okay, not to. Uh, it's, it's pretty non-specific as far as you know, killing weapons you're going go. from Oahu to Molokai and the things yeah. coming up. Just, that needs to be dead. <laughs> That's okay. So coming anyway. from like a different <laughs> angle, but you know, as far as running a production, um, like what do you, how, how do you approach it in terms of working with, cause you guys have a really interesting unit over there, the way that your Ohana is, it's yeah. like, um, you know, I can tell you guys are really tight, but like, how do you, how do you deal with it when, when, uh, say like, you know, a certain worker maybe needs more motivation or might be lacking or lagging in certain ways. Do you deal with stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, like a lot of people think here in Hawaii and, um, you know, more so like small shops or family businesses. They, they, a lot of people think we're immune to the same woes that any, you know, a medium or a big business or a, a corporate style business. But um, you, know, you, you have the same politics, you have the same everything. I think the difference with a small shop and especially one like ours that's, that's very family oriented is um, it's a little easier to kind of work together and, and not be so, you know, by the handbook, by the employee handbook, by the company handbook. And um, it's, it's just finding ways to, to motivate each person because not everybody, like for me, I'm, I'm like mold. And you'll never get rid of me. So I mean, like, I, I work best under pressure. Like I, like the more you tell me I can't do something, the more I'll do it to prove your ass wrong. Because I'll be like, <laughs> can't do that, huh? Um, but that that's me, you know. And I've I've learned, you know, when I was young, and you know, I had to lead a team and very little experience in life, in in career. Um, 
I had to learn quickly that not everybody's like me. You know, and like when we were young, our dad was a hard ass on us, and I just thought that's how everybody was. Like everybody grew up with a hard ass dad, you know. And so my brother and I were pretty hard ass to our, our original guys, and um, not a lot of them stayed and lasted, <laughs> you know. Um, but um, it's it's just I had to learn that different people, you know, some people function better with praise. Um, you know, like some people, you tell them good job, and they're like, "Wow!" You know, boss said good job. I'm gonna work harder. You know, I I'm the type of person that I was never told good job unless I did a really good job, and even then, very rare. So for me, it means a lot, and I don't mm. dish it out very easily. Mm. Um, but you know, that's one of the things I had to learn that okay, well, I'm I'm not everybody, and everybody's not me. And you know, maybe this guy just needs to be told good job more often. Um, you know, keep it up. You can do it. As opposed to, I know what you mean. Is like I feel like I grew up the same way. Oh, okay. Japanese it was style. like it was just either, yeah. you know, what you did was okay, and then and it was you did expected. something spectacular. Right? It was yeah, like, it was, oh wow. Yeah. Yes, and being that was amazing. Right, and doing what you now. do and being good at it was expected. That was the yeah. base, right? And if you were like freaking phenomenal, it was then either, like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was yeah. never anything above like a, you know, it was a little bit better than an F. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, the jury's still out on kind of what style of parenting actually <laughs> works, but it's almost the same it, with uh, working with with workers. Like like you you were talking about the differences in individual psychology. Yeah. In a sense, you yeah. have to be sensitive to yeah. certain people responding yeah. in different ways. Yeah. And even um, age comes into factor too, where you know you can have. Uh, younger people who you know they're, they're almost more of like a blank slate but at the same time they're more irresponsible because they don't have as many life commitments right and you know I mean uh, a lot of times the good and the bad with a younger person kind of cancel each other out because you know they they can learn a lot they learn quickly yeah, they can work like fast they can work hard moldable yeah but be, you know, provided that they're moldable if they want to be and then you have older people who will be, generally speaking, pretty reliable. Um, you know, they'll show up to work on time. They'll, they'll do their job. They'll be honest about it. They'll be committed. But, I mean, older people tend to be set in their ways, you know, where um, like a lot of things in a shop, we do a certain way because we've learned through experience that for our building style, this is the best way to do it. You know, not mm. you go to Ukulele Company X, maybe they do it different, but that's them. That's not us. That's your style. Exactly. You know, it's when but you you're build... dealing with guys, especially older ones, they've been building cabinets and doing this process. This and that's way. the thing. Yeah. yeah. So a lot but of then times. At the end, it comes down to is like either you're, are you building cabinets or are you building ukuleles? Today, we're building ukuleles. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, so this is what we're doing today. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of times, um, you know, disagreements or, or even, um, you know, maybe the person may not stay and, you know, it's not. Doesn't have to be a bad parting, but I mean, ultimately, if whoever it is, you know, at whatever stage of life they are at, if they can't fit into us as a company, I mean, they won't last. And mm -hmm. we don't push anybody out. You know, we rarely ever have to like let somebody go or fire them. You know, and we we certainly try to, um, you know, as far as us us as a company and and you know, my brother and I, my family, the leadership. We do try to accommodate because, you know, not, not everybody fits the same mold, you know, but mm. like you can only meet a person halfway, right? You can only, and maybe even a little more, 
but you, you yeah, can't... you just don't want certain people to take the whole like level of performance down because yeah, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, people will be like, well, they're getting away with this level of effort. Why yeah, am no, I trying yeah, so hard? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you, you have, um, and, and and we we haven't we don't have a very high turnover at, at our shop because I, I ideally. No, that's do. why I see the same faces with you guys year after year. Yeah, and we, why we, I ask we you try that. to retain, you know, people for life. Um, what if you, like, had a weekly podcast and one guy just kept making ridiculous comments all the time? And <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I think everybody has their worth. You know, if that one guy could play with the probably right. real good, I mean, That's maybe. all that matters, right? Yeah. yeah In this but, company. Yeah. <laughs> you still want these hands? They keep coming yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the fingers. Yeah, well, what if one day I broke my hands? I guess I'm out of work. I would be your hands, Corey. <laughs> wow. Into <laughs> a puppet. It's like that improv game. You can just... And I'll, I'll do whatever you need. That went well, and it just went, like, somewhere. Oh, you'll love it. I was Before, thinking you could still stay with us, but without hands, you can't even type emails. No. Put a headset on them. Those NSYNC headsets. I don't know if anybody noticed. I didn't even have my phone in, phone in my hand the whole time. I didn't <laughs> look at my phone. <laughs> to that oh, is that another no, thing of this um, unnamed employees? They're always on their phone. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, uh, yeah. I mean, good and bad. And, and uh, you see it in a, a lot of different people. <laughs> uh, I all of a sudden have four phones. <laughs> but He's connected. I can't emails all the time it's, it's Wait, why do you legit? have like three phones that's or insane. like when, an, when is, an order comes in this is in. my audiobook player in my car this is the work phone and then this is my personal phone oh, i Rock thought somehow that. you stole everybody's phone he's like so they this don't is look one girlfriend <laughs> this is another <laughs> and this one's tammy here <laughs> she's special i have different international markets here there's an order <laughs> that just came in i get these it's notifications on my phone all the time oh i mean your credit card information is safe. It travels through a third party. It just has their name and their order, you know. Forget how orders work, Corey. What, oh, are, you trying to, what point are you trying to make? He's, he's, try, he's showing that he uses his phone to I'm work. not looking at work. Instagram. I don't even have Instagram on my phone. That's some crazy capability. I can't do business on my phone. <sighs> well, we super... I have a question. <laughs> yeah. What is the difference between the OPO line and the KTM or like the mm. Hawaiian made line? Um, so two main differences are where it's built and the woods that are used. So um, so koa is a type of acacia, but what can be called koa is a native species that grows only here in Hawaii. Um, so all of the major islands have koa. Um, kind of funny thing is acacia is I think it's like the second or third most prolific genus of trees uh, meaning that you know in all the world like after number one and two I mean there's the most acacias yeah. the, you know types of acacias in the world so there's like African um, Pacific oh absolutely like it's yeah, everywhere, so right? all over the it's, world it's, yeah. it's literally so it grows in every climate it grows in deserts it grows in tundra I mean oh. it grows in tropical obviously uh, subtropical so um, I don't think it grows in Antarctica but um, yeah, I mean, pretty much acacia. Every country that has forests and trees has a type of acacia. So that was the, um, um, oh, it was in the, the Old <laughs> Testament. It was the oh, it was the Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the yeah, Covenant that was yeah. also made out of acacia. Yeah. So Whoa. Um, original. So yeah. So uh, would you call it the best wood ever? 
best wood some, ever. Some <laughs> might, some might. Uh, but I know a, a lot. Who it would. also makes delicious honey. But anyway, um, ter- like the in terms of like the specs, like the thicknesses and pretty, neck and everything pretty is pretty much the same identical. Way. Yeah, close mm-hmm. to identical. So um, so our stuff is made out of coal. Um, the bracings, of course, will have like sapele and and you know. But for the most, I mean, depending on what bracing, without mm-hmm. going into exactly you know what part. But so ours mm-hmm. are all coal made here in Hawaii in our factory. Um, the opios are made in a factory in Thailand. Uh, we call it like our sister factory. So we don't, um, you know, technically we don't we don't own it. We have no financial um, stake or ownership in that in that factory. But um, when that factory was set up, so the the three partners that that own and operate it are actually really good friends of ours, and um, they came to us with the crazy idea of, hey, let's make koalohas for half the cost in Thailand. And they're like, okay, well. You guys have any experience with um, just like making anything? Like, ah, no. We're civil engineers and a graphic designer. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, you guys ever? Who's the graphic yeah. designer? Yo. Oh, never mind. Yeah, uh, like, yeah I met him at. He was at. You Nam, met him at right? Nam, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's awesome. He's yeah, a he's, genius. He's hilarious. No, he's super artistic. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's and so rebel. You know, creator. despite us kind of. Uh, trying to shoot it down before it even took flight i mean peng was insistent and it was his his heart's passion to he really wanted to build a factory in thailand um and basically duplicate not only the build and the mechanics of what we do but you know same family the ohana vibe with their factory over there so um you're like okay well let's let's what's his store let's do over it there called? um in thailand yeah um ban ukulele ban yeah. is, so he was first getting your ukuleles he was in, yeah. In, so he started. Bond, um, yep. So he actually started. Um, so he, while he was still here in Hawaii the first time, um, he he got involved with like buying and selling ukulele online, just kind of through happenstance, you know. Um, and he realized that there's like a market because nobody was selling to Thailand. So he started doing online at first. Um, from there, he opened his his brick and mortar store, um, and then after that, he decided that he wanted to make. An ukulele factory so um what we did for a period of about eight months we actually traveled so from i mean literally like from setting up positioning and tuning the machines um to teaching them how to build finish and string we were with them for eight months um total and we would fly in so i was part of the first crew and i would go every so many months um where i think that year i practically lived in thailand for like almost a quarter or a third of the year i was gone that much um like and there's phrases in thai that i'll never forget because i was there for so freaking long uh, but anyway <laughs> i also couldn't eat thai food for about two years because i was tired you're over but anyway you so, so many puns so many puns. yes i was tired um but yeah ultimately so that factory was equipped to build exactly like how we build um, but obviously they can't get coal because coal only grows here and you know shipping it there and, and to create an affordable price it just yeah. didn't make sense so um, so those are made out of acacia Thank you.
So when the factory first started and, and the acacias took a few years to kind of pick up because there's a lot of stigma for, um, you know, if you're spending more than like 150 bucks, right? I mean, $150, whatever, it could be made in the moon. Whatever. I mean, that actually be pretty <laughs> yeah, cool. Right. Never mind. Uh, but right, made, made, in, you know, made in China, $1. made in Indonesia, made in wherever. Is, yeah. at, at $150, you don't care. You know, two hundred. You start to care. You know, four hundred dollars and up. I mean, you you care where it's made. Bottom line, yeah. right? You know, the ukulele could be great, but it's just people like you wouldn't buy like a a thirty thousand dollar Benz because it's made in China, right? You're gonna go for the sixty to a hundred thousand dollar one because it's made in where they make them. <laughs> well, I mean, my point is that nothing wrong with the nothing yeah, wrong with they, the USA the country made that they make them. <laughs> The um, USA and Mercedes are good. Yes. They're very good. But um, so it, it took a while, but people started realizing that, you know, for you're getting, you're practically getting a Koaloha for like half the price. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, they also carry the same warranty as, as our Hawaiian made ones, Ooh. which is. Oh, that's what I was going to say. You guys yeah. have one of the, cr- like, not craziest, one of the, the best, best warranties. Yeah, it's so um, crazy. The way I look at it is like, you know how after the industrial revolution, we just kind of ruined the earth and <laughs> yeah. every generation was like, our kids will deal with it. So our warranty is like that, but in a good way, because our kids will deal with it. So oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. give them the it's debt it's and it's all it's of yeah. your uh, warranty. It's, it's that, Forty it's years like later, minus the can pollution, you fix this? You know, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's 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 one of the our warranty is always you know a lot of our build philosophies and the way that we build is very untraditional. Um, and when Dad started, he actually purposely didn't take any classes. He didn't read any books. Um, he actually cut open and took apart ukuleles to look at them and figured out, like he reverse engineered in his head um, how to build this instrument, you know. And and so a lot of things that we do... I feel are, like your dad was the original rebel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. so, yeah, with that, like, I was meaning to ask you, like, you guys do, like, a thicker sides, right? Because you don't do the same curve... Yeah, that so, a lot of people uh, do. Yep. so our sides are, are pretty close to what a guitar would be bent at rather than um, like an ukulele. So it's it's not, it's maybe like 30 to maybe 50% thicker than like a, like a, a 75 a to 80 thousandths yep. of an so inch about, would be, you're probably more like 100, 110, something like that. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's harder to bend. Um, right just you know because you're bending you're forcing more wood fibers you have to come up with a different process for it or Um, or do you use the you know the heat and the uh yeah so we actually bend by hand on a pipe so super 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 old school um and the only reference point is we draw a reference point for the waist uh, and we have a line scribed on our pipe so different sizes will obviously be at a different uh point on the side but uh, so once we bend the waist, everything else is done by hand before they go into our molds. But yeah, every every yeah, oh so yeah, every, I saw the pipe when we went over there. Yeah, I forgot. But has, has, have you done side benders? Have you experimented with that? Or I mean, it doesn't, um, isn't that we, faster? I, so we can our, our fastest guy can bend a set of sides in like less than three minutes. Oh, um, which is not. like wow, pretty fast. Not yeah. everybody can go no. at that speed, obviously. But yeah, so it, it averages out so. One thing about the side benders, um, so like the form, you know, benders, um, they're absolutely consistent. And I mean, virtually anybody can, can bend, you know, it, it requires way less skill. Um, but bending by hand, provided you get the right person, can yeah. go a lot quicker. We were talking to uh, 
this guy, a builder from Lake Tahoe last week, um, tied, and he also has a process where the, I mean, but he's doing it with layers, but just the um, a lot thicker sides. And he was talking about how he thought that added to the sound. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure that I mean, it, was that with the decision to go with thicker sides? Then um, initially, it so the sound was a byproduct, and it's one of the things that we learned, you know, through our production. Um, you know, as far as how it influenced our sound and, and what stiffening the sides does, um, that we learned not by accident, but through trial and error. Because uh, our early ukulele were actually bent really thin, closer to 60 thousandths with, um, you know, a liner, uh, both curved and non-curved, so solid liners as well as curved liners. Um, but it takes really long because you can bend the sides quicker when they're thinner, but we, we, to us, it didn't make sense that you're going to bend two sides, or at the time, actually one side, because it used to be all one-piece construction when we started. Right, right, right. Um, and then you're going to bend two mini sides for the top, and then two mini sides for the back. You're going to yeah, glue yeah, them in, yeah. let them dry, and then you can attach your top, right? So um, it was more for like a, a, a expediency factor in mm. production where you know, it, it didn't make sense to make something easier so that you have to brace it up to make it thicker, you know? So... Um, we actually tried a whole bunch of stuff. We actually tried um, craziest ideas. We actually developed a jig to route. So we actually thinned out the middle. Um, and so it would be a one mm. piece with like liner that was already built into the wow. side. Where <laughs> rest, but that sucked. Oh. Uh, it worked, you know, right. but it, it was just, it was, it was still the same amount of work because we have to route every side. Um, you know, you got to deal with tear out all of that stuff. So, um, <clears throat> I think it was me, my dad, and at the time, my cousin was working for us. Uh, we were kind of sitting around thinking, like, hey, so what, what, what can we do? You know, like, what? And just, I don't remember who it was, but, you know, somebody had a stroke of genius. And like, wait, the whole point is you want more gluing surface area and you want a stiffer side. Why don't we just make the whole thing thicker? And like, why has nobody thought of this? Uh, so we tried it out and, uh, you know, it worked. We, I mean, obviously, it's, we learned it's harder to bend. Uh, which is kind of where the pipe comes in um but um yeah and it, it it just stuck and since then we've been just uh you know going with a thicker side with no liner and i mean very very rarely do we get any type of separation issues that are because the sides are too thin if it does happen it's usually because whoever was building uh, or putting the ukulele together went a little crazy with the uh, orbital sander and made the side super thin but yeah because it's different with the black labels. I mean, you you do have lining in those and all that, right? Yep. Um, mainly uh, because of the black labels or the other reason for the lining. So we do go a little thinner with the blacks um, simply because... But then you're bracing up the sides too. Yep. So we do a liner and then we also add uh, vertical or cross grain uh, supports along the side to stiffen them up even just a little bit more. Right. Yeah. The concept is you want, uh, you know, just generally speaking, you want a pretty stiff or a tight side and a pretty uh, stiff back um, and you want the top to be relatively you know able to move yeah 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 I, I think that also helps it be less um, it's not as um, reliant on how you hold it seems like with Koaloha you can no hold it against you your belly it. and it's still mm. not it doesn't yeah, yeah, mute mm, as yeah, much because yeah. the top yeah. is doing most of the work there yeah Anything else you guys wanted to add or while we got the man? Thanks for coming down. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. 
Is there any functional reason that you guys chose to do the binding along the edge of the neck? Like kind of capping off the frets? Oh yeah, so that's actually, um, so that's a purely, or the development, or that was born from a purely um, ergonomic uh, aspect because um, a, a lot more companies are doing it now, um, especially on the mid and low end. But um, you know, traditionally you'd only have, well, so not with classical guitars, but uh, with steel strings, um, you know, it would be typically the more mid to high end guitars that would have uh, a liner on there. And so basically what it does, or the reason why we did it is because um, we noticed that a lot of old instruments, a lot of old ukulele, um, you know, when the fretboard shrinks, the frets pop out and you got to get it fixed or you deal mm. with it, right? Or people put tape on it, they paint yep. over it. You know, people do all kinds of crazy <laughs> things. And, um, you know, you, you can't predict how wood is going to shrink. You can't predict which ukulele is going to stay stable. Um, I mean, actually, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You, you just you put just, your hands yeah. on it. Uh, you don't even know where it's going, <laughs> though. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? And I guess you can't predict the environment the instrument will be in. Yeah. You know, and or how someone's going to treat it. Absolutely. So um, so that was one of the things that's actually... Um, one of the things that Dad was, was pretty adamant about where... You know, it actually does add a lot of work because we're literally we're binding every single fretboard mm-hmm. that we produce, you know, which, which adds... I mean, work, you know, you don't bind it and you just, you know, tune up the, the fret end <coughs> and then boom, good to go, right? But out of the box, it's fine. But, you know, five years later, you know, I mean, take it to Antarctica, it'll shrink guaranteed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was um, that was purely for, for, for feel and ergonomic reasons so that the fret ends, so, you know, because our fretboards will shrink. But, mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's a incredible amount of, of shrinkage, the fret's not going to pop off the, yeah. the binding yeah no i noticed that i mean because i've seen i've read people have brought theirs in to get them set up or you know once in a while we got one back that someone just let dry out like crazy and if you got finish on the sides and the frets are popping and you also get the delamination uh, of the yeah, finish yeah, around there yep. and it starts chipping and yeah yeah but that's one of the main reasons like i love your guys next because of that it caps it off and then it's nice too just even even if everything is nice and tight and sealed off and everything on a regular one sometimes you still feel a little bit of a you know like a speed mm, bump kind yep. of effect on yep. it but that is just it's nice and smooth and consistent so when you're sliding around and then you don't have to worry about sharp ends and it yep. kind of adds a little bit of width to the neck but the spacing is the same yeah or close to like you know most other production line ones tell okay. you're a player because only only people who actually play notice stuff like that i just i've been yeah. Been staring at him for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I've. How many, I, when how I many Koloha? Mike, yeah. you've, you've set up probably at hundreds. least hundreds. Yeah, yeah. but because yeah, even thousands. So um, yeah, I noticed that, and then when we get them back and have to evaluate, like if someone was humidifying it and all of that, uh, yeah, just yeah. all the problems that come around. Yeah. But it's still like yeah, you can see the back is totally sunken in, and yeah. the, I mean it's dried to all hell, but the frets mm. are still comfortable <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and it doesn't screw up the finish i mean you should take care of it don't let that happen yeah. regardless but even like people bring in like their old kamakas and everything like they give it to their kid and then the kid just left it in an attic for however yeah. long yeah. and stuff yeah. like that and they're or like the now i want to play yeah. 20 years later um friction tuners oh yeah how come yeah. you guys use the friction because they're traditional you come from an ancient oh. culture. You should understand tradition. Oh, so, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I oh. will try. I will try. Don't lie. You guys no, have no. a million Koaloha oh, That's funny because your build isn't traditional at all. <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, I pick and choose, Corey. <laughs> when it's this convenient. Is a tradition. Yeah, this tradition. Yes. Um, no, so... Uh, 
crap. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so, no, no, no. It's actually, a, you know, we actually get asked that question a yeah. lot. And it's, it's super valid. And it's like, it's definitely top 10, maybe top five questions that we get asked. Um, so a simple reason is that I haven't been able to find to date a good geared tuner that's both affordable for production and fits the geometry of our headstock. Mm -hmm. uh, so I found affordable ones, but they don't fit. And I found good ones, but they're super expensive. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't found one that's both fits our geometry um, and fits the budget so the for our production. So the UPTs you guys use on like red labels and um, some stuff yep. you guys use. Yep. So those fall into the category of like, because they are really expensive for tuners. Yeah. yeah. But um, have you tried the new GraphTech one? Yeah, we have. So Does um, that not work with your headstock? It uh it does so we've actually been um so I actually have because those few, are more affordable. Yep, they so they are definitely more affordable. Um, I think for what we do on the high end production stuff, it's probably not where we're gonna go. Um, yeah, the gotos so, are nice for that though. Gotos are nice. So without giving away too much, give it away. I, I found I found something. Oh really? Oh. Yeah. So. Um, well, that didn't give away anything. Yeah, no, I I found, I found twenty bucks today. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's uh, so okay. So the most I'll say is something is coming, uh, and you'll see it. You know, in the I future, never, yeah, <laughs> somewhere between one yeah. and twenty-four months. Yeah, no, no. It it'll be um, Nam show. You'll see it at Nam show for sure. Right. Possibly Ooh. before. Ooh. Yeah, but it's gonna be a change to the production line. Yeah. Yeah. So every um so frictions frictions may or may not be a thing of the past with our ukulele. Yeah. Mm. May or may not. Mm. I'm scared. May it's, not or it's, may. It's been uh, uh, you heard it here. A small segment of our business is changing out your yeah. friction tuners. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So Sorry, maybe guys. you shouldn't change them. Well, the people we can, are willing to pay. Yeah. They're willing to pay. For, for, I mean, yeah. We can still send the HMS the friction. Uh, OEMs no, and <laughs> yeah, no. we want the best. But yeah, it, it is something we've been wanting to do for years. And again, I just mm. I couldn't find something that both budget friendly and mm. you know fits our headstock. But yeah, sure. we we got something now. So, hmm, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, we you guys will have to wait and see secrets. along with us. And um, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, we'd have to find other jobs that wouldn't be so fun so <laughs> we do well, very much appreciate our likewise. customers and um we appreciate you coming up here and answering our questions and hanging out and talking yeah thanks for having me it and was fun. this black label i think it sounds and feels top-notch yeah oh thank you yeah i mean it yeah. better it's expensive it enough. is yeah, <laughs> yeah. Worth yeah every, but it does yeah worth every penny though yeah, totally. It could no be yours doubt. I mean, price. it depends. You know, not <laughs> if you're uh, gonna worry about your rent next month, but yeah. you know, yeah, if you can I mean, afford what's, it. What's a place to live, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and you got music. I mean, <laughs> you only really sleep in there. I'm amazed that like you noticed that that guy ran out of battery because you were just like a ninja, like. Bam. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what's he doing? What's he? I noticed the screen wasn't on. And yeah, I was but like, like oh, the fact that you stopped. just. Thanks, Clay. Like, you noticed it. That was like. I, I didn't know. notice it. He's paying attention. Yeah, but just, I noticed. I'm just looking at cameras. I noticed you noticing, which is yeah. oh, um, he can handle his beer. No, so <laughs> wait, wait. There's beer. <laughs> Pan left. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I know you guys get asked this as well. 
is like what is the best blank and it's kind of funny because i can't really answer that without it somehow shooting me in the foot you know um but it's it's the not funny or i mean the interesting or i don't know if interesting is the the proper word but honestly i feel you know we don't try to force a sale when people come into our showroom we don't try to force our instruments onto artists um you know we want people to play our stuff because they want to play it and you know how that relates to what is the best blank you know the best brand the best strings the best tuners the best instrument tuner you know more than be concerned with what everybody else says the best like i always tell my customers so if i'm i'm in the showroom i tell them okay you know what i'll teach you one chord i'll teach you like three chords play a bunch of instruments that you like you know if one speaks to you if one feels like this one feels comfortable i like this and i like the way this sounds i like the way this plays you know that's the one you should go home with you know um so i would say for people don't be so concerned about what's the best or you know what's Mm -hmm. the what's the name Mm -hmm. brand you know go for what fits you you know and if it's a matter of budget be content with that at the time you know and maybe save your money you know set your aspirations for something higher um but you know just people today are so caught up in in wanting to be the best right or wanting the recognized brand you know and it's 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 more than that i mean like music right Mm -hmm. like you you can't nobody can possibly answer the question of who's the best living musician yeah, you can't or who's the best musician a, right or what who's the, the best, best what is exactly and what's that. what's yeah. i mean somebody might have answered that today no <laughs> it's all yeah. subjective no, right yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. you know yeah. and mm-hmm. and while you know obviously a 50 dollar plastic ukulele there are clear differences between that and say one of these yeah yeah but i mean again you know if it's a three-year-old kid Mm, I mean, mm. the kid's going to be happy with either. And you'll be happy if your kid's banging the $50 ukulele on the floor. Mm, you know, for sure. Yeah, you know, so so it's it's well, always a matter of subjectivity. It depends <laughs> on the person. Well, yeah, 20, 25, 25. You know, yeah, so. somebody who is very fortunate yeah. probably wouldn't care. Yeah, yeah, somebody who could, yeah. $50 is... 50 cents it's relative uh, relative it's all relative but yeah. the flooring cost a million dollars you're Not ruining cold. the floor <laughs> what are you doing oh, it's no, the same thing in store right yeah. like we'll ask someone if they have you know a budget they want to stay between or ask them like what sound they might go for a size and then we just will pick yeah three yeah. that all kind of fit in between <laughs> mm, don't yeah. push one over the other and just mm-hmm. see if yeah. they respond to one yeah it could mm-hmm. be the cheaper one like yeah. who cares it's the one that they're gonna like is if they don't feel like picking it up they're not gonna practice yeah Yeah. i don't know i like to think even if it's over a thousand dollars it's like if it's gonna be something that you play that's gonna keep you playing ukulele every day is just get it even if it's it seems expensive at the time what is gonna motivate you well right Mm. but but the point is that it it you were drawn towards it for mm. its sound and look and i mean you're not just like okay this is the brand that somebody told me to like or whatever and yeah. i tell the same i mean people read a lot online nowadays you oh, know people. versus i mean because that in-store experience yeah. is the pure experience yep. yeah of yep. feeling and seeing yeah. and all of that i mean next but, best is online but still people do the same thing online with us which wanting us to tell them what and I know it's not as pure as the in-store experience, but I tell them the same thing. Look, listen, and see what you're mm. drawn towards. And you know, try to describe no... it too. You know? I think is, it a bright, is it a bright sound? Is it a, I've right. come across yeah. a lot of people sound who and just recognize enjoy those differences. 
the real expensive sound, right? The things you, the kind of sound you get from more expensive instruments. And then when they look at the price, they're like, okay, what's the more affordable option? I think if you like something that, even if it's $1,500, just, if you can do it, just, you're going to be happy at the end. You know, that Mm. one super expensive ukulele could have kept you playing for the next 20 years or Mm. something you... Mm you know settled for after you know that was two hundred dollars you might like it for a little bit but it's not gonna you know. i don't know maybe yeah it depends if you know it's just like i feel like sometimes people are looking for like some void to be filled or something you know or they're playing to go to the next level it's like these like for instance that black label when i played it you know and i mean you play a regular koloha tenor you're like yeah this sounds really good and then when you play that you're like ooh, now that the voice is just so beautiful you know and the feel and everything you know Mm. but it's like i said it's not worth anybody like worrying about rent or any you know i mean it's it's not it's not the type of problem like get an opo if that's what you can afford yeah but yeah i mean if you can afford it and you know i mean people spend money on all kinds of different stuff and I do think, like, you know, the joy that you get with a beautiful instrument like that is, it's for real, you know, for mm. those that feel it, know it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's great advice, too, coming from you. And um, I guess it's, it's basically just telling people to be open-minded. Mm. And fall in love with the yeah. instrument yeah. that yeah. you resonate with. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Allow yourself to just <clears throat> experience it, I guess. The best ukulele for you is the one you like the best. I guess maybe yeah. I dealt with too many people that have expensive taste, but... <laughs> well, I mean, I think the same way someone might, <laughs> like, have a hang... Like, there's people that come in the store and they say, I just, I don't want anything made overseas. So they just automatically rule it out without even touching one. Yeah. So yeah. for them, that's really important for some people, I think. Mm-hmm. Having something that they know is technically, like, would be like a top shelf thing like they just like this is the quality that Mm. i want to start at and that's important to them so it's whatever's important to you but if you have an open mind you could find what you can afford too like with people that have a lot of money i kind of don't understand them not buying something really great yeah (laughs) the rather one of six they believe in quality well that's why some of those people with a lot of money have a lot of money because they've lived like that yeah but I just want to be like, you only yeah. live once, dude. Yeah. Come on. What's best for me might not be the best for you. <laughs> mm. And if we, yeah. like, knew, if we carried, if we pretty much, if we knew what was the best ukulele out there, then we would only be selling one mm. type of uk. Yeah. We wouldn't have all this variety in different sizes mm. from all these different makers because we're trying to provide everyone with their needs <laughs> as with the highest quality, if, you know. Just imagine you go into the stock room and they're like, hey, can you help me? And you just go and look and it's 70 of the same box. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, just, I think we, let me check. I think it comes down to people are afraid of getting ripped off, but that's not really what we are going to, that's to a do. Yeah. Oh that's yeah. A few we, people though. I don't, I don't, yeah, I think, I come I think people can research stuff pretty easily now. On, yeah. You just, online, you just and, you know, Google it. So easy nowadays. And well, it's more, I think if they think you're, trying up i mean because we're selling things so i think some people expect to try and be upsold on something like you're gonna 
get somebody for as much as they can possibly spend. Yeah, yeah. it's probably just but, capitalism. I mean, we've all <laughs> talked people down from things too because we, we thought it was a better then, choice. But then for they're them. like, "I'll take the more expensive one." Yeah. It's like, okay. But, uh, but I want the shiny one. Okay. okay. What can be a big difference in where you purchase an instrument or anything? Um, yeah, obviously, you folks are known for your phenomenal customer service. And I mean, you know, like people online, you know, you, they, you guys too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, a majority of people's feedback for, for HMS is that, you know, just, I talked to da, 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 da. They went out of their way to answer my questions and help me out. You know, they, they didn't even have to go that far, you know, and, and it, this goes on and on. But, um, like I think you're saying, you know, you had a comment about people, uh, uh, don't want to get cheated or, or robbed, mm. right? And, you know, yeah. the the upsell where I think a lot of things, especially today, where especially retail, right? Like you, you can't walk ala moana without like somebody mm. talking to you. And the thing is like... Sometimes right? they come, they just come and grab yeah. you and drag you over. You know? yeah. so, like, I had one guy is, like, like holding me. I was like... Oh. Yeah, so like now to, I just use the silver, just, like yeah. lotion. You start putting dead, dead, well, dead like, sea salt hey, on you your hands. And like, well, the thing right is, now. you can't even pretend to not speak English. Because whatever language you pretend oh, speak. to speak, <laughs> oh, they speak it, my friend. Oh, they don't they speak do. Danish. Wow, uh, I was dragged into Already? Prada. I think it's, it's a bunch of polylingual oh, people but, that they. But, <laughs> if you yeah, want, no, you, you know, know what? Work at a kiosk, Since they language. met you, now they got a guy who speaks Danish. <laughs> trust me, you know. And so, uh, so much of, of of retail sales is that way, right? Or even, you know, you go into like a a, a nicer shop, like they'll they'll try. You know, obviously, it's their job, right? They they gotta. You know, the salesperson makes a commission in, in most places. And I mean, they sell you a more expensive thing, they get more money, you know. And, and especially the, the high-end stores where they work pretty much solely on commission, you know. So I think a lot of our culture shifted so much that way where um, it's it's good to see that there's places like HMS where, you know, you, you mentioned downsell, you know. I to mean, our, yeah, towards your dinner. But the thing is, you have <laughs> the interest of your customer, of your person at heart. Yeah, You're not worried if, about... Am I gonna sell them the most expensive? I'm gonna. Can I sell them this? You know, can we make more money? It's. You want this person to enjoy playing the instrument, and bottom line is whatever that instrument is. You know, whether it's two hundred dollars or two thousand dollars, right? Mm. It should be the one that that person wants to play. Kind of have mm. this idea of like a a shoe store. There's so many different shoes, but you're oh. gonna find which one that fits yeah. you. Yeah. Right? You're not gonna. Yeah, because not. But they have to be happy. Yeah, I mean, a, it it can't be some kind of thing where you smooth talk them into this because mm. then it just leaves then, a bad taste yeah. in their mouth. And then they walk out mm. and yeah. they feel like, man, like, I, oh, I didn't really feel like I spent oh. more than I. I yeah. shouldn't like, have bought it, and then they return it one week later. Well, know? that's Moving the thing; like they like have to be happy later, and and of, we're trying to build relationships yeah. with people. Trying to be real. Yeah, because if if you feel like if you feel like you got upsold on something, every time you pick it up, it's gonna feel a little like. Casio, like, like you were he, lied to, yeah. Like I mean, I've had things. <laughs> no, but felt. even not 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 even that drastic. But I, to your point, it's like people do kind of feel like they're being marketed to all the time. Yeah, you know, with oh, everything. And we are, mm, you know, because we are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. No, it's Extreme like with this expected. thing here. We're we're here having like a real same conversation that we'd have if the cameras weren't on. But yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we still have to pay for the rent and the lights. So it's yep. like. You know, we we have to do a business side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're trying to be as realistic as possible. Mm. You know, and and upfront with people. Like, I mean, I can say, yeah, the finish on that black label is more gloriously perfect than on a <laughs> regular production model. You know, 
it is what it is mm. and you know you pay for what you get but yeah, we're trying to zero true. in on the best in each price range mm-hmm. and i mean mm. once you get up to a black label like that i mean the thing is it correlates with the availability too so mm. yeah they're super expensive and it gets down to a niche market that really wants the best of the best but you also rarely are going to see them available so mm. it's just one of those cool things and we were super stoked to have you on to um you know discuss your thoughts while we shared this new instrument and got yeah, sound pleasure. samples from these guys you want me to play a song real quick yeah that would be awesome i was i was just oh yeah <laughs> we got him yeah. we got him <laughs> it's a big one <laughs> you know the, the thing is because i mean a lot of builders are, are uh. like that i mean it's like it's a humble natured person that you're building the tools that artists are gonna yeah for, for these make these, art with yeah, and, yeah. and, and be <laughs> praised about yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought about the um the line i said earlier those who build no <laughs> yeah is that like the those who teach those who teach those who can teach. do those who can't teach is the line ah, i know right oh. I was just joking. Corey is really. But those who build teachers. (laughs) Those that can't teach, can't teach. (laughs) Those who can't teach, don't teach. I like the I like the local version better. If can can. If no can can, bottle. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's like even if I think I can, I probably shouldn't. This this podcast is gonna be like one of those tracks that just fades at the end. (laughs) <laughs> Our conversation just gets <laughs> more and more quiet. All Is right. it faded already? Love you guys. Okay. See you next time. Cool. Thanks, Thank Paul. You. Thanks, boys. Right. Good job. Oh.